Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and what a huge week it's been in the news here in Australia and some important international news as well that may be impacting the price you're paying at the petrol pump. Firstly, let me just say congratulations to everyone involved in campaigning against the Morrison government's retrograde policy to have people fleeing from domestic violence situations raid their own retirement savings to fund their escape. A huge call out to Australian unions, to Industry Super Australia and all of the Industry Super funds who participated, as well as all of the many domestic violence support services who said this was a terrible, terrible idea. Well, this week, the Morrison government abandoned that policy, uh, finally realising that forcing people, particularly women who retire with lower retirement savings balances already, to choose between poverty and danger now or poverty and danger later in life is not the actions of a responsible government. So we still have a long way to go before the Morrison government puts in place the kinds of housing, financial, counselling uh, and other support that people who are fleeing from domestic violence situations really truly need, as well as probably funding the support services that will help people get back on their feet. But at least this part of the struggle has been won. So congratulations to everyone involved in that. And talking about the Morrison government's failure to support the Australian people, JobKeeper ends today. 150,000 Australians will be added to the jobless queues. <laughs> Now, this is on top of the 2 million Australians already underemployed or unemployed entirely. Now, of course, this is an entirely avoidable situation. This is the decision of a democratically elected government to push its own citizens into poverty. On the same day, the JobKeeper ends and the 1 million plus Australians who rely on it have that stripped away from them. The Morrison government is also cutting job seeker payments down to $43 a day. This is the second lowest rate of unemployment support in the Western world. It's quite remarkable. It's almost unbelievable. And yet this is exactly what's happening. So it's not just me saying this. This is Treasury, the government's own department. This is the Reserve Bank of Australia, an independent statutory authority. This is commercial and corporate economists who work for Commonwealth Bank, JP Morgan, and other major consulting firms from around the world. 150,000 Australians today will be added to the unemployment lines. Now, talking about those lines, we've heard the government this week also say people shouldn't go and queue up outside Senate. Of course, this is everything to do with those terrible pictures we saw at the start of the pandemic, where tens of thousands of Australians were left queuing outside, down the, down the block, around the corner, because the Morrison government was refusing to implement any kind of wage subsidy program and had told people the night before that essentially their workplace would be shut down. The chaos that that caused, the hurt, the heartache, the unemployment and the financial pain were all entirely avoidable at the time. Now, what the government is afraid of, of course, is that tomorrow morning when Australians wake up, they'll wake up to more images of tens of thousands of Australians once again lining up outside Senelink, with queues going around the corner, down the block and over the streets that they might live on, that they might have to go past every, every morning for the next few weeks when they go to work. That's not what any government wants, not because this particular government 
has a particular soft spot for people, but because those kinds of images are the kinds of images that will haunt them when the election is finally called. The Morrison government is desperate to avoid that situation. Speaking of a desperate Morrison government, Andrew Lamming has announced that he will not stand for re-election uh, at the next election. Now, this has been announced by Josh Frydenberg and comes the day after even more revelations about his poor behaviour were uncovered, just hours after Scott Morrison tried to make out that sending Andrew Lamming on some kind of empathy course would be a solution to this individual's particular brand of sexism, misogyny and other poor behaviour. Of course, anyone who's followed Andrew Lamming's chequered political career over the last few years will know that this is not new behaviour and that Andrew Lamming has consistently used online forums to attack people who he obviously views as somehow lesser than him or somehow not as intelligent or capable or not as worthy as him. His behaviour has been appalling. It continues to be appalling and frankly, he shouldn't wait until the election before leaving the parliament. He should resign now. This whole situation raises questions about Morrison's judgment and whether or not what he's more interested in than doing the right thing by the Australian people is simply hanging on to his razor-thin majority in the House of Representatives. Of course, we know the answer to that. And the answer is Scott Morrison wants to hold on to his razor-thin majority, regardless of the cost to the Australian people. Andrew Lamming is not fit to represent anyone. His behaviour is appalling. And frankly, I couldn't be happier not to live in his seat in Queensland. Speaking of Queensland, there has, of course, been an outbreak of COVID in Queensland. There has been reported cases of the UK strain uh, impacting a small number of individuals. Queensland authorities are currently tracing the source and the spread of the current outbreak. Please do check online if you uh, have been in Queensland or live in Queensland. Uh, the WA government uh, under Mark McGowan has once again acted quickly to uh, put in stricter border controls with Queensland. And we expect that the Queensland government will get on top of this very, very quickly. Of course, Queensland has been taking on more cases in hotel quarantine due to the additional outbreaks in Papua New Guinea and our other near neighbours. And once again, it's important that we remember that the pandemic is not over. The rollout of the vaccine in other countries, America and the European Union in particular, is happening quite quickly. Uh, I should say the UK as well. It's happening now quite quickly. It's not happening as quickly here, but what we're also seeing is quite large spikes around the world. Brazil, European Union, parts of Asia are seeing massive increases in their daily rates and unfortunately in their fatality rates. We have somewhat stopped hearing about it on the news, but it is still happening. So we do hope that the Queensland government is able to get on top of this very, very quickly. Uh, and there are more announcements from Stephen Miles, the Queensland minister, uh, on his Facebook page. And you can go on to the Queensland government website for more information about that. Speaking of issues that are of a global nature and impacting us here in Australia, people might have seen this week that the Ever Given uh, cargo ship, which is quite a confusing situation because 
on the side of the ship, about 350 metres long, the massive Evergreen is painted. However, the ship is actually called the Ever Given. So the ship has 20,000 containers on it, and it's currently lodged in the Suez Canal. It's blocking the Suez Canal entirely and stopping all access for other ships. There are roughly 300 plus ships now waiting to go through the canal, either uh, one way or the other, and they simply can't get through. Now, this is causing or beginning to cause significant trouble uh, in the global market, for particularly for oil and petroleum products, as the Suez Canal is a highly trafficked area for ships carrying those products. And you might have noticed, as I did this weekend, that the price of petrol has gone up quite a bit. Now, there has been some movement of the ship. I saw a clip just recently on Twitter that showed the ship moving 17 metres, and there are hopes that the ship will be dislodged sometime early this week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it seems like an odd thing that something that's happening so far away and involves one single ship can have such an impact around the globe, but that's how tenuous these global trading routes really are, and it reinforces the importance of having key production and manufacturing right here in our own country so that we're not dependent on such fragile uh, and delicate trade links like the Suez Canal. Of course, we hope that this situation is resolved. As one person put it, in a complex and sometimes terrifying global news uh, environment, it's almost reassuring to know that there's a story that is ship stuck, ship stuck cause problem, ship need to be unstuck. We hope ship unstuck soon. So we hope the ship is unstuck soon. Now, coming back closer to home, there is, of course, an election now being called in Tasmania for the 1st of May. This comes on the back of the Tasmanian speaker, Sue Hickey, deciding to stand as an independent after being denied uh, re-pre-selection by the Liberal Party uh, and her allegations against Senator Eric Betts. This has thrown the state of Tasmania in somewhat a position of chaos as neither party, neither major party, seems to have completed its pre-selection processes, let alone uh, got geared up for a campaign. But Premier Gutwin has decided to call the election and now we can expect over the next week or so a flurry of stories about candidates and potential candidates and potential policy. It's interesting to me that uh, there's been some focus uh, on the Labor leader uh, and the fact that she's pregnant and will likely have her child during or just after the campaign is ended and that somehow or another this should be a focus for, for attack. Uh, what strikes me is that this is a woman who leads a political party who, who is showing how important it is that we facilitate women being pregnant in the workplace, having access to proper leave, having access to proper support, having partners uh, who take leave to look after the family unit themselves. And this is not uncommon around the world. Of course, people will remember Jacinda Ardern uh, having a child uh, while Prime Minister of New Zealand. And so what we should be focusing on here is how important it is to have proper social community supports in place and proper policy that allows people to take paid leave when they need to. Um, and of course, I'm not suggesting for a moment that the Labor leader in Tasmania will do, will, will take 
leave, but maybe their partner will. Wouldn't that be great to see? Uh, now, I, however that child is looked after, we wish them very, very well. That's the weekend wrap for today, 12 minutes uh, of the news that has happened since we last spoke on Wednesday, 12 minutes of the news that you can keep an eye on as we go into the start of the new week. Uh, it is, of course, Palm Sunday, uh, and next weekend will be Easter Sunday, so there will probably be no weekend wrap next weekend. There's, I intend to take a few days off, uh, but join me and Van Battam on Wednesday for the week on Wednesday, our usual podcast, where we will deep dive into a couple of the big stories over the course of about 40 minutes. So remember, take care of yourself and each other. Bye.